You're listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising at the top of the show. As usual, I'm going to ask you politely, please follow me on Instagram. Need some followers there, guys. We hit a little bit of a stall there. Come on, let's get some action going on the Instagram, which is always be booked. Also, Facebook. Join the group. Click on join at the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. It's a Facebook group, not to be confused with a Facebook page. Uh, email, rate, and review on iTunes as well. Like I said, the email is Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Also need your emails, guys. The emails are continuing to come in, but, you know, a little, little bit of a slowdown with that. So let's pick it up there. If you guys got any questions, any comments, you want your email read on the show, we're going to do it. All you got to do is email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And then, yes, it always helps to get your reviews on iTunes so that, uh, you know, other people can see it. And uh, we could spread like wildfire. And always, if you can, just share us with anybody who likes cruising or travel or podcasts in general. All right, let's get it on. So, just got back. As you guys know, I took a little mini trip last week. I mentioned I was going to Miami, and I told you what the business was down there. Uh, while I'm up here in New York City, and I haven't even been back uh, here for six months at this point, you know, we got a little, you know, you got to go where the action is. And there is an opportunity, possibly, of uh, me possibly running a place on Ocean Drive and uh, partnering up, uh, my company partnering up with uh, the one and only Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull. And uh, man, the renderings of the place I've seen are just out of control. You guys can check it out. It's This is not a secret. It's common knowledge. If you just uh, search I Love 305, you can see you know a little bit of the schematical drawings and some of the plans for the place it's been released in some of the miami local newspapers as you know anything pitbull will do down there is going to be big news and uh your boy down here is possibly thinking there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts still in place um do i want to leave and go to miami right now uh all things being equal maybe not i'm here i'm back here i'm in new york i'm with my friends with my family i'm enjoying myself back here uh the place you know, that I'm running right now is a little touch and go. It's not necessarily the uh, wall-to-wall. It has its moments. It's definitely uh, a fun place. It's a good little bar. But, you know, not to be, I guess, uh, I don't know if the project is on the level of what I can bring to the table from, you know, I, I usually like to get involved with bigger things is what I'm saying. So for right now, it's a good vehicle to be home and I'm happy to be home and I'm happy to be where I am. And, uh, you know, I got to just find out the fine print and the details of this particular opportunity. Despite the fact that I am happy in New York, I'm happy being with my friends, family, everything else back in that New York groove. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> I came back, well, just to finish my thought, Despite being back in the New York groove, uh, if the opportunity is good and what it might be and what it looks like it may be, then it's worth discussing taking this opportunity in Miami. But again, we still don't know. So playing it cool, stay tuned and I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for either one. That's the beauty of me. That's the beauty of, you know, 
early 40s single guy you could do whatever you want you could pick up and go you could stay where you are the world is uh you know uh, i'm not saying everybody should run out and be single i'm not saying well look at me i'm single I, it's not that's not what i'm getting at i'm just saying you know that is an advantage of being single at my particular age and my particular position i can i have the maturity and the experience to be able to kind of be what would you say uh an asset to uh you know the business that i'm in but at the same time i also have the flexibility to up and leave whenever i want but what i was getting at before is it's funny because i'm back i'm new yorkified again it's just it's crazy because i was back in miami and uh just the whole florida mentality and, and just you know I, I was complaining when i got back because i was orlandified and floridified whatever you want to call it and new yorkers were just kind of like kind of like flying past me and i was like you know just kind of like in my kind of like relaxed florida mode you know being back for six months or so i'm kind of back in that whole new york groove as they say and uh you know just online and cvs or a drugstore or even online at a deli in miami i was just found myself getting anxious and like will you move your ass i mean you know what i mean it just <laughs> it's funny what what kind of society can kind of how you just mentally adjust to certain types of society and the certain pace of certain societies and you don't even realize it's happening but yeah i did check out the spot down there it was cool i got down there took the train you guys know i'm not really into the flying too much so i took the train down there and uh ride wasn't that bad usually i try to get myself you guys know i try to get myself the little uh one roomette the one bedroom roomette and it uh it makes the trip more bearable but on this particular trip i kind of waited it out and see i was going to see if some they put they didn't put anybody next to me so i basically had two seats so i'm like you know what why don't i just take a run and you know try to you know tough it out through gen pop and uh that's what i did i stayed in the uh coach class on the on the train and sprawled out over the two seats watched a couple of movies got some stuff done got some work done and it was cool got a lot of the research done for this podcast so worked out but uh yeah i went down and uh got in a little bit late so i just grabbed a quick bite to eat passed out and woke up from my meeting starting early but i got up extra early and uh you know you're in miami and uh going through this brutal winter that we're going through in new york city figured that's 80 degrees let me run on the beach in the morning so figure i start the day with a nice beach run and that was beautiful man just running along the beach south beach has ocean drive and then it has a little bit of uh greenery and foliage mixed in with the sand dunes and it has intermittent openings i guess every couple of blocks or so the beach is pretty big so i think the part of the beach that's closest to where the openings are that's part that's closest to opening ocean drive has uh, a little bit of a flattened out area so you know it's pretty good for running so i did a, i don't know i don't know what i did i probably did close to a mile and a half or so and then i came back got showered up and i uh, started uh, heading to my meetings and it was interesting it was kind of things were kind of like going at you fast the whole construction is in progress of the place and i was immediately in there with people i didn't know giving my input because uh the people that i were meeting that i did know didn't show up yet so i was just kind of we're just thrown right into it you know where is this going where is that going what about this logistically what about that and it was cool it was cool the place is going to be absolutely gorgeous i mean come on if pitbull is going to open up a large restaurant bar lounge club whatever you want to call it on ocean drive 
I mean, come on, the world is going to stop. What is, what is it? Mangoes is the spot down there. Uh, and uh, this place is going to give mangoes a run. That's for sure. It's interesting, though, me uh, being the uh, half Irish, half Italian, looking way more Irish than Italian, uh, just being down there, walking the strip, and I got to tell you, it's just, you know, it's anything but <laughs> Irish and Italian. It's completely Latin. Every single hotel, you know, if you've been down there, you spend some time down there, is lit up and has the guitar player singing. I mean, basically, nothing is in, you know, English pretty much as far as the entertainment. You go into Mangoes, it's all everybody dancing, it's very theatric. I didn't know Mangoes was opened by Gloria Estefan, the Miami Sound Machine, but it was a good time. And uh, clearly, you just know it. I mean, I know what I'm doing down there. It's not, it, it is a little bit on the outside, apparently, maybe a square peg round hole with me being who i am and kind of going in to run this latin place and you know pitbulls but you just i know business i know the game i know the business i know you know profit and loss and all after dinner i know good service i know good product i know you know how to you run a place based on the area you are and you just have to have the right people around you you know what i mean i'm gonna have the right people under me that are going to make the place go and it's going to work out great if it happens we will see stay tuned ladies and gentlemen all right what else uh so dry january so i kept the dry january the whole month i didn't have a sip of alcohol except for the one night in miami and why because i had to come on i didn't need to i didn't even want to but Meeting some people and kind of socializing and going out with people I was going to be in business with and working with and everybody's kind of ordered. I had a couple of drinks. That's it. I had two or three drinks in Miami. What am I going to do? Be No, I'm doing the dry January thing. You know, people don't trust you. People, you know, not nothing. If you're a recovering alcoholic, God bless you. And you know what? That's what you should do. That's what you just hold, hold strong. But I, I just wanted to be social. I didn't want to. And I knew, I knew you know, I knew. I was good. I knew I didn't fiend for a drink. I'm not like Drew, and I can go another month if I had to. But uh, the purpose was just to step away from the booze for a month and uh, just, you know, not really to show myself I could do it because I know I can, but just to kind of keep things even a little bit. You know, I did the holidays. You do find yourself having a couple extra drinks, a couple more than you normally do. Uh, I knew my birthday's coming up. I know I got the cruise coming up. So I just was like, you know what? January is a pretty good month to just sit it out and maybe detox if that if that's what you want to call it it's just physical it's mental it's mental it's a little bit of everything and that's why i did it but i did suspend it for the one day because i was out and i was kind of you know entertaining and being entertained whatever you want to call it so uh just not to be a weirdo i had a couple of drinks with these people so kill me but i'm considering it a success call it what you want we actually are in february right now technically so Sober January, dry January, whatever you want to call it, is over. Uh, what else? To, and uh, what uh, we had dinner at that place. You ever hear the place Prime One Twelve down there? It's, you know, it has to be the most successful, if not one of, if not the most successful restaurant steakhouses in Miami. It's just very, very funny scenario. You see, they have to be NBA players, right? You see, guys, if they're six foot eleven and they're wearing T-shirts to the nicest restaurant in the city, uh, you have to pretty much think they're in the NBA. And uh, we were sitting at a table that was fairly close to the bar, and just it's like a science experiment. You never see more tables full of four 
hot, model-esque looking women with just one average looking guy. And you just see girls at the bar just looking around for NBA guys. And they're just like hoping, you know what, we're going to hang out at the bar. And uh, we're going to see if somebody buys us a drink. And we're just going to be on the lookout. And then you'll see a six foot eleven guy walk in. And then so-and-so and, you know, these two girls will walk over to them. And they'll sit down with them and then happily ever after. There's just the arrangement. It's just like an arrangement. And it's it's just hysterical to kind of see it play out because it's fascinating. You sit there. You enjoy your meal with a couple of people. And you have someone who knows sitting there explaining to you actually what's going on. So it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, what else? Um, moving on. So we got a website up. Uh, the website has been up, as I've told you. It's alwaysbebooked.com. Was lucky enough to get that name. Not that everybody's clamoring and fighting over Always Be Booked, but alwaysbebooked.com, nice and simple. I put a blog out. I wrote the blog a while ago. Uh, but the, as stupid as it is, you know, I'm very, very busy, and I try to do these podcasts enough, and being a freaking web developer is just not in the cards for me right now. There's just glitches and things, not even glitches, just things I don't know how to do on the website. And uh, I kind of semi recommitted to trying to make some time towards making sure I could put some website content out to you guys. So feel free, give me some traffic over there, alwaysbebooked.com. It's uh, it's not heavily populated right now, but you could find the podcast there. Uh, you could find the blog there. There's actually a cruise search engine on there too as well, and that comes via the uh, host agency that I do use. So uh, there's some stuff on there. Check it out. Tommy, I'm not Tommy, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com is the email. Don't forget about the emails. But the website is simply alwaysbebooked.com. And yeah, putting out these blogs. I don't know. I always hated the term blogger. I don't know why. I I know I'm wrong, but I just always associate it with people who, you know, go online and bitch about their cold cheeseburgers and stuff like that. I know that's not the case. I know there's a lot of shout out to all the bloggers out there. I never considered myself a blogger. I always did fancy myself a very creative writer all throughout high school and into college a little bit. I did flirt with the idea of, uh, you know, majoring in journalism. That never necessarily panned out, but, uh, you know, I always just had a little bit of a knack. I'm not going to say it any stretch of the imagination. Am I a professional writer? But uh, you tell me. There's a blog up there right now if, uh, you know, tell me if it's not awful. I mean, that's the best I'm going to do for you right now. Not awful. But uh, you guys know my style, and it's if you, if, you, if you can read it without judging it. And, yeah, there may be some grammatical errors in there too. So go easy on me, but uh, check it out. Um, all right, so let's get into the cruise news. In the building, Khalid, Ramel, Terrell in the house. Nimi at the window, get it back, get a killer. Palette, yes, we'll get on the back, get a killer. Live from the United States, Brooklyn, New York, it's your boy. Nimi at the window, get it back, get a killer. All right, so let's pack up our game and head out west, as Mr. Kid Rock would say, and talk about San Diego. I've never been there, but uh, from what I hear, it is the best weather anywhere in this country. People from San Diego, would you agree? Anyway, um, cruising as a whole noticed a decent uptick in overall sailings this past year, going from 83 a year to 96 this past year in overall cruises. Uh, experts are forecasting a continued increase of 5 to 
more cruise, cruises going out of San Diego each year uh, in what they're calling a slow and steady increase. They attribute this growth to more calls to the Mexican Riviera, mostly from the Disney and Holland America lines. And apparently the port of San Diego sees a very diverse range of cruiser. The fact remains that it's predominantly a drive-to port, so way more than like Florida where people are just literally flying in from anywhere. Anywhere in the world people fly to Florida to cruise. San Diego remains a predominantly drive-to port with passengers coming in mostly from Arizona, California, and even southern Nevada. So... Good news for the Port of San Diego. Keep that stuff up there. Um, all right, so last week we know a woman went overboard on the Carnival Triumph out of New Orleans. I mean, this is going to be like a, a segment on the show, you know. Who, who, who went overboard this week? People are going overboard left and right, and... Again, just like I like like we all know and like we all thought, you know, people say, you know, these dummies, these articles that you see why you shouldn't cruise, you see people say, well, you could fall overboard. You got to try to fall overboard, basically, and this story kind of proves it uh, again. And it's a very, very sad story, and all my sympathy goes out to the family of the, uh, you know, who the life that was lost on this cruise. But uh, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't say it's impossible to fall off a cruise ship, but it's highly likely that there's always something emotional that causes this to happen. Uh, we learn now that this is likely this scenario in uh, you know off the Triumph in New Orleans is likely no different. There are reports out there now that say Juana Brooks was arguing intensely with her husband at dinner just 30 minutes before she did go overboard. Apparently, this was her first cruise and. It was a present from her newly wedded husband, Scott Brooks. Reports say that the arguing got so intense that security had to escort them from the main dining room. Then, like I said, 30 minutes later, she was overboard and hasn't been found since. Uh, Just an awful sad story. Her mother seems to be accepting of the fate of the situation, but still is hoping that, you know, the, the body is recovered or, you know, and I shouldn't even say that because... It is what it is, but it's just it's just an awful story. And you know, again, people people just don't fall off the ship. There's always something that goes on. There's always you know substances involved. There's emotion involved. There's suicide. Flat, quite frankly, suicide is probably most of the reason why people go overboard. Uh, but man. Just a sad, sad story. Moving on. Uh, So some good news out of Royal Caribbean for their employees, at least, uh, due to the fact that the cruise line has achieved its three-year double-double goal, meaning it doubled earnings per share and recorded a double-digit return on the capital it invested. Uh, Every employee of the cruise line just got a bonus of 5% of its regular annual salary. Uh, Good for them and good for Royal Caribbean. See, Businesses are often hesitant to give out bonuses like this because no matter how good things are, they know that the economy is cyclical and bad times eventually are going to follow good times. So to see you know a cruise line step up and not worry about that is very, very refreshing. Um, in this case, Royal Caribbean is happy with their earnings, happy with their employees, and see fit to give them a 5% bonus. And they did it. As a surprise, the employees apparently were not expecting this. So if you make 50000 a year as a Royal Caribbean employee, you get a nice little hit of $2,500. Uh, this bonus goes out to employees on board 
and shoreside, full-time and part-time, domestic and overseas. And apparently the only ones getting screwed are the ones who work for corporate. Come on, just throw in the corporate employees too, right? No, who am I to say? Come on, Royal Caribbean, good job. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully many, not only cruise lines, but big businesses as a whole follow suit with that. All right, so one of the most highly anticipated cruise ships of all time is the Celebrity Edge. When a cruise ship begins construction, uh, starting with the laying of the keel, there are a few milestones in its building that are uh, ceremoniously noted, and one of them t- uh, that takes place when the ship is near completion is the float out. This is when the ship goes from dry dock to the water and goes for a mini test run, for lack of better terms. Um, I guess, really, to make sure she floats. Well, good news, ladies and gentlemen, the Celebrity Edge floats. No word on whether or not the giant elevating restaurant built off the side of her is operational or not, but uh, stay tuned. I think sea trials, if I'm not mistaken, are next. And now, as usual, we have a statement from a very important person. Quote, This is truly an exciting moment for our brand, said Lisa Lutoff Perlow, president and CEO of Celebrity Cruises. The float-out process marks a milestone in the building of Celebrity Edged with the Edged edge. With the exterior construction complete, the amazing STX France team will now turn their attention to bringing all of the meticulously designed venues and transformational staterooms and suites to life. Um, So that's it. The 2900 passenger ship debuts in November. And yes, the Celebrity Edge really probably, you know, it's Royal Caribbean. You know, Royal Caribbean International is the parent company. So They don't do anything small, and Celebrity Cruise Line is known as the cruise line that is a little bit, how would you say, what's the best word, Uh, fancier, a little bit, uh, one level above, not quite ultra luxury, but also not quite mass market. It's in that little little space there with Princess and, uh, and Holland America. Just a little step above the big three. And, uh, you gotta assume that they're gonna bring the heat, right? From the, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The, the, what are the, the lawn club and all that other stuff. That restaurant, that one venue that, that looks incredible. The tropical rainforest looking venue. And that, again, there is a freaking restaurant or just general use area, multi use area that is just sitting on the side of the ship that just, goes up and down on a track off the side of the ship it looks like it fits about 60 70 people uh it's about the oh they what they say they said it's about the size of a tennis court so uh looking forward to that celebrity edge check it out all right staying with highly anticipated ships norwegian cruise line just held the ceremonial steel cutting for its newest ship the norwegian encore Supposedly, she'll be up and running towards the end of 2019, and it looks like her home port will be, you guessed it, Miami, Florida. Uh, Encore was originally set to hit the Chinese market, but apparently she will start off in Miami. See, who knows, though? Uh, They move these ships around, and who knows what will happen after that. Doesn't mean she's staying in Miami, so we'll wait for further announcements on her schedule. Are you ready for another statement? Well, here you go. Quote, Norwegian Encore will be the ultimate Breakaway Plus class vessel, and we are thrilled to celebrate the start of construction for this incredible new ship, said Andy Stewart, President and Chief Executive Officer for Norwegian Cruise Line. 
Uh, he's back at it. Over 50 years ago, the Norwegian brand began creating unforgettable vacation moments with the first inter-island cruise in the Caribbean from Miami. We continue building on our legacy of innovation with this brand new state-of-the-art vessel, perfect for exploring the natural beauty of some of the most remarkable islands in the world. That is a whole lot of words to say nothing, huh? All right, so uh, so this is the 17th ship in the Norwegian fleet. Very, very impressive, yet a distant third to the other two lines in the big three, and Encore will be the fourth and final ship in the hugely successful Breakaway class. I think they do have designs out there for the next few after that, and if I remember correctly, they're going to have that new age design, you know, sort of like where the Virgin ships will. Um, by the way, did you guys see that you can start putting money down on Virgin cruises already? It's incredible. People uh, all over Facebook clamoring, getting all excited that a cruise line that has no schedule, has no ships, will gladly take their money. <laughs> all right. So, all right, one more story here. Uh, good news for ladies, gentlemen, and shut-ins of all ages. We are happy to announce that the official Harry Potter River Cruise is in play. This is going down this coming summer and will be a round-trip sailing from England. Now, bear with me because none of this stuff is familiar to me, but along the cruise, there will be many Harry Potter-referenced destinations, such as Virginia Water. What is Virginia Water? Shame on you. You don't know what Virginia water is? It's where Harry encounters Buckbeak. Also, they'll have Dorney Court, Picket Post Clothes, as well as Warner Brothers Studios for a behind-the-scenes Harry Potter tour. Uh, Windsor Court and uh, Court Palace will... I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Windsor Castle and Court Palace are also on the itinerary. Um, I don't know. Listen, I get it. I have zero knowledge or interest in Harry Potter, but... uh, you do know how much I love theme cruises. If you're a Harry Potter enthusiast, this is the river cruise for you. This cruise is going to take place on the eight. Did I say eight? I guess I said eight passenger Magna Carta barge ship. That's right, eight passenger Magna Carta barge. So I guess you better hurry. The cost for this trip will be a whopping $5,350 and will be based on double occupancy. So what is that? Ten seven a room, ten thousand seven dollars seven hundred dollars a room. This will be a seven night cruise and will take place twice ever. Not twice a month, not twice a year. It will take place twice ever. So I guess that's a total of what? Sixteen lucky people that will ever get to experience this cruise. If you're a Harry Potter fan and you like river cruising and you like theme cruising, sounds like you better get on this one, huh? All right, that's it. Uh, let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, so the main topic of the show is going to be all about me and my trip on the freedom of the seas. I'm going to do what you might consider a bit of a ship profile, but I really only kind of looked into it as far as the stuff that I would be interested in, which is probably 90% of the ship. But what I wanted to do was kind of basically do a little bit of a preview. Now, this is not to be confused with my hype up preview that I'm going to do probably about three weeks from now, where I kind of put the music on and get all pumped up. And I uh, basically give you my routine 
from a day out from the cruise all the way to the first day on board. And uh, a little bit more specifics will come out of that, a little bit more kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of, it's going to be like a little bit more of like a like a hype podcast of me kind of getting all pumped up. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I did one for the Oasis if you listen to the Oasis. But uh, what I wanted to do was give a little bit of the tail of the tape on Freedom of the Seas first. So she was launched in 2006. And from then until 2009, she was the largest cruise ship in the world. Uh, she was eventually dethroned by the almighty Oasis of the Seas. So that's how big of a ship this is. It took the Oasis to dethrone her. Want to know who the freedom of the seas dethroned? Ironically, not ironically, but amazingly enough, the Queen Mary too. Think about how far cruising has come in such a short period of time. That's just a little over 10 years ago when we were talking about the Queen Mary too being the largest cruise ship in the world. Uh, Have you guys guys been on the Queen Mary too? It looks like an amazing, amazing vessel. They actually don't even call it a cruise ship. They call it an ocean liner. I guess the uh, subtle differences in that and that it can go faster. It has a little bit more of a different build, being able to kind of cut through the waves and stuff like that. But uh, the Queen Mary 2 is based out of New York. Uh, I guess based shares shares its base with New York and Southampton in England. So, uh, you know, that, that just makes runs across the country. does a couple of, I think, a couple of Caribbean cruises as well. But uh, the Queen Mary 2 is a legendary ship and... Uh, you know, it was eventually dethroned by the upcoming Freedom of the Seas cruise ship that I'm about to be on. So she is a thousand one hundred and twelve feet long, and she is she is also one hundred and fifty five gross tons. She holds over thirty six hundred passengers and sails with approximately twelve hundred crew. She is the flagship of the Freedom class, with also having Independence of the Seas. And the Liberty of the Seas as her sisters. Uh, I think she was the first one, right? So those two ships are a little bit newer. Uh, She is a well-decorated ship. And uh, in her day, she was uh, the star of the show for a lot of reasons. These are the uh, awards she has won over the years. 2017, Best for Embarkation uh, and also Entertainment. And Best for Fitness and Recreation. Uh, wow, that's pretty impressive. In 2017, that's last year. Uh, 2016, best for fitness and recreation. 2015, best for fitness. So not so much on the recreation on that year. Uh, 2014, she was best overall. The best overall cruise ship in 2014. This is Cruise Critic, by the way. Uh, in 2014, she was best for dining, best for entertainment, best for fitness, Best for public rooms, best for service, and best for shore excursions. All those awards in 2014. And then in 2013, she was best for entertainment, best for fitness, best for service, and best for family. So she's got quite a track record. I guess I got nothing back further than 2013. I guess none of these awards were given out prior to that but i don't know that could be wrong hey that's why i throw it out to you guys tommy at alwaysbebooked.com for the corrections because you know sometimes on this show i can be half a moron um this was the first ever cruise ship to feature a boxing ring on board and one of if not the first ships to get the flow riders if i'm not mistaken a perfect example uh for someone out there to correct me if i'm wrong as well um 
they had a boxing ring. I think they have since taken the boxing ring out. I don't know how many boxing matches broke out on the cruise ships. Uh, what is the purpose of the boxing ring? You're clearly not letting people box, right? I mean, that's got to be a serious. Uh, <laughs> that's got to serious uh, be a serious liability if uh, you know. On you just were looking across the cruise compass and uh, you saw okay boxing. Choose your opponent, then uh, meet us up at the boxing ring at uh, 9 p.m. after a couple of drinks. I'm not sure. But uh, who knows? Maybe uh, I, maybe it is still there. I'll let you guys know. But uh, if it was best for fitness at some point, you know, boxing is – you got to be in real good shape to box. Maybe they got an onboard trainer that just runs you through like those Floyd May- Mayweather-style mitt workouts. I would do that. That would be cool. I'd probably last about 30 seconds, but uh, it would be fun. I've never um, – I've always flirted with the idea of taking a boxing class at New York Sports Club, my gym. Those classes I just don't know about. I feel like I just want to go at my own pace. I feel like, you know, in the class you got everybody watching you. If you get tired, if you bail. I did a spin class once. I got my ass kicked. But uh, I would do it. Maybe I should. i got to start stepping out of the comfort zone a little bit more. But who knows. Anyway, this sailing that I am going on is an eight-night sailing out of Port Everglades, in Fort Lauderdale. I uh, haven't sailed out of Fort Lauderdale in a long time. Looking forward to doing so. It's going to be interesting for me because I don't know where I'm coming from at this point. I don't know if I'm taking a train down from New York City or I will already be a resident of Miami and take the truck. Damn, I missed that truck on a short drive up the coast to Port Everglades. Uh, the cruises on this one, the staff, the crew, our crew was originally going to be Chris with his girlfriend, and then I was going to bring along someone as well. Originally, it was going to be maybe the lovely Miss Kay. Miss Kay wasn't available for this one, so I got uh, my friend Nicole to come. She's uh, in the mix now, but what happened was Chris's girlfriend had to bail because of work. So now Chris is solo. He's currently still working on that, but uh, I pulled on Nicole you know, or 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 it was going to be Miss K or Nicole, whoever, because Chris was going to bring his girlfriend. Now Chris's girlfriend can't go, and now there's a three three of us. And uh, you know, let's let let's uh, let's hopefully hope he fills the spot. Otherwise, he's got the cabin all to himself. All right, so let's start with this beautiful ship. So when we start talking about pre-cruise research for Freedom of the Seas. Uh, We'll go into the many of the features that it has from a dining, entertainment, and activity standpoint. The thing that most of these cruise lines have is ships that have a lot of the same features. You know what I'm saying? On Carnival, we talked about that happening a lot with the aft pool, the nightclub, right near the piano bar, right near the alchemy bar, and all that stuff. Uh, Royal Caribbean is, is, is no different. So we don't have to go over every single one of the features, but, you know... You're going to see them across the line as a whole. Most certainly the ships within the same class will. Freedom is no different, and you'll find many of Royal Caribbean's staple features all over the place on Freedom as well. So let's start with some of the activities. Uh, Let's talk Flowrider. Royal Caribbean has... uh, They've 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 cornered the flow rider market for cruising as we know it, at least from an onboard standpoint. You could find a few surf simulators, actually of flow riders, uh, during your cruise, but usually they're on land if they're not on a Royal Caribbean ship. I'm pretty sure Grand Turk has one, and I know I've seen them on uh, at least one other place. I'm not really remembering where, but you'll see flow riders around. But when it comes to onboard, it's going to be Royal Caribbean. Uh, 
I haven't done the flow ready yet. This may be the time to make it happen. It's funny because uh, the lovely Miss Kay posted recently in the Always Be Booked Facebook group, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, and she posted a picture of the Flow Rider, which is ill-advised because Miss Kay did have, and if you want to go to Always Be Booked on YouTube, you can see what the lovely Miss Kay did on her surf simulator experience. She not only didn't do well, we had a poor instructor that had just started her shift. She came out there. She was still in her jacket. It was a little chilly. And she was trying to do the right thing and help Miss K out. And Miss K out took her out to the ground. Not once, but twice. <laughs> I, uh, much to the chagrin of Miss K, sorry, she has to understand. Listen, if I did something like that, I would expect the same damn thing but i did have to record it put it on youtube and offer a slow motion version as well but gotta give a shout out to miss k who was brave and did step up and try her hand at the flow rider in front of hundreds of people when we were on the oasis of the seas um but yeah wasn't wasn't pretty um Anyway, Oasis-class ships have two flow riders, but the Freedom just has one. So we'll see. With the right mix of booze and, let's just hopefully the lines are short, you may see me up there. Chris will, Chris will likely do it because, well, Chris will likely do anything on a cruise ship. I would guess Nicole probably will too because she's pretty adventurous. Although we were talking tonight and she said... Sometimes she has balance issues. She also does enjoy a cocktail here and there. So uh, the balance issues along with the cocktails may make her a less than suitable candidate for the flow rider. We will see. We haven't really talked about it. Uh, this is Nicole's first cruise. Nicole is a huge, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how she likes it since she's a huge traveler. She's very adventurous when she travels. Uh, she broke her arm in Mexico. So. She's like me. She's not necessarily the most cautious person when she's uh, as, cautious, as, as cautious as she should be when she's uh, abroad or on a cruise or whatever, or on a vacation. She's never done a cruise. Um, she's ridden elephants in the Middle East. She's done all sorts of exotic cultural adventures and experiences. It'll be interesting to get her point of view on cruising. I mean, typically that is the, uh, you know, the 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 worst candidate for cruising because they kind of like you know they feel restricted i'm trying to prepare her and tell her she shouldn't expect as much out of that she she shouldn't expect much uh, along the lines of just kind of like adventure and kind of like just crazy uh you know cultural stuff that's on a cruise but you know her question to me was isn't it hard to leave the islands after just a few hours? And that question is indicative of someone who wants to immerse themselves into wherever she is. But she's also in the same industry as me. She loves a party. She loves the beach. And she loves her some booze, as we said before. So I'm thinking we have a pretty good shot at converting her to a regular cruiser. But we will see. Aside from the Flow Rider, this cruise ship has a freaking ice skating rink called Studio B. A lot of the Royal Caribbean ships do have the ice skating rink now, but it's just out of control. This venue actually has four purposes if you break it down. It has the ice shows, which are amazing to see if you're into that. I mean, I'm not the hugest ice show guy, and I did check out the uh, Oasis of the Seas ice show. And I'll be honest, the first half of it, I had a couple in me, and it was after dinner, so I was kind of you know weaning off anyway. But uh, I I almost did pass out. But the second half of the ice show, I don't know, it kind of came alive. So uh, 
I definitely was impressed. And it's crazy how they find all this talent out there. I don't know if these people are like former Olympians or runners runners up or who who's who puts an ad out and says I need ice skaters and then just gets these ultra talented people out there that can do these triple axles and stuff like that. You guys impressed I knew that word, triple axle? That's some ice skating talk right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they also use the room for open skating, so they'll have sessions as you would as you, as they say. Uh so if you're confident in your ability to hit the ice and not twist your ankle or not fracture your wrist or not bust your lip, maybe you'll want to hit the ice rink. I don't know. That's another 50-50 thing for me. If everyone wants to do it, I'm in. If not, I guess I can kind of take it or leave it. The venue is also used for general use in the form of one-off parties. They'll do cooking classes there and things like that. It's a great great room for that because of its size. Um and it's also got like this horseshoe stadium style, style seating. Very, it's it's a very very good for an intimate type of arena, and not quite not nearly as big as the main show lounge, but also bigger than you know the little comedy theater that they have as well. Uh, the fourth purpose of this venue is to hold the world famous Quest Live Adult Game Show, which is basically a game show version of Truth or Dare. Uh, most cruise lines now do this in some form or another. They just give it a different name. And uh, despite how cheesy it sounds, and despite how many times I've seen it, it really is still some really good entertainment. Some people love to uh, spectate. Some people love to participate. But really, anyone who goes to this thing has a lot of fun. My opinion is that the best way to enjoy it is to convince someone that you know to do it so that you can sit back and live through them doing it but you don't have to embarrass yourself let them make a jackass out of themselves either way studio b is one of the more unique venues at sea and i would definitely be making it down to studio b at some point and checking it out that quest game show we did it one year we did it on the what did they call it they called it simply the adult scavenger hunt on uh, Norwegian, we did it on the gym when I went with Sony, Joe, and Meg, and we had a blast. We were Team Five, and then somebody else joined us, and we were yeah, we were changing, exchanging our clothes, and we were running around, and it really doesn't make a difference. It's hard to really say like you don't get it until you do it, but it really doesn't matter who wins. They do keep a general score, uh, and you want to win, but it really doesn't matter. It's just kind of like the fun you're having while you're getting there. But yeah, they do keep score because otherwise, what's the point, right? Uh. So Royal Caribbean ships have another unique feature that I think they started on the Voyager class of ships. I'm not – actually, I'm not I, – I made that up, guys. I'm sorry because then I was watching some YouTube videos, and I think that I debunked myself on that. Um, the Royal Promenade. Uh, most cruise ships have the Grand Atrium, which is you know the multi-level sort of regal-looking space that – basically welcomes you on the ship in a very elegant way it's a large common room that holds many activities and is usually the place to go for guest services you get your shore excursions there and a few other things based on which cruise ship and which cruise line you're on a lot of times they'll have the internet cafe there they'll have a bar there they'll do some events there at night but it's not necessarily the craziest most lively area for the for the most part but um it is kind of like the central hub when you do get on the ship and also when you need to talk to somebody at customer service. Uh, the Royal Promenade comes across with some mixed reviews, and that's what they do as far as uh, Royal Caribbean goes. They take a little bit of a different approach. Um, a lot of people think it reminds them too much of an American shopping mall, but 
I'd say the majority of cruisers love this space and consider it something that really, really enhances their cruise experience. The room, I mean, if you could even call it that, is a multi-leveled room and it runs across almost the full length of the middle portion of the ship. It kind of even makes you forget you are you are on a ship at certain points. And this is where I would say a lot of the bad reviewers say they don't like it. Me personally, I'm just impressed with the fact that they can put something like this on a cruise ship. And I really like taking advantage of all its functions. Uh, they have a lot of their food and drinking establishments. Well, mostly drinking establishments. They have a lot of those venues there. And... Uh, <laughs> They also have their future cruises desks there. They have tons of shopping, which is another knock. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It can be somewhat of a mission uh, mission dodging all the people trying to sell you watches and sell you gold by the inch and stuff like that. All you want to do is get from one end of the ship to the other, and you got people, oh, sir, have you got your tickets to this? Would you like to see a T-shirt? Would you like to see some you know, jewelry or uh, you know, luggage or whatever it is? Um, but it also does have the Cafe Promenade. It's got Sorrento's Pizza, which I will not pull any punches on this one here and basically say is awful. Uh, you know that saying, they say having sex is like pizza, even when it's bad, it's good. Uh, it should be sex is like pizza, except when it's Sorrento's. The Royal Promenade is also the place where they are trying to drive you toward at night. It has the famous DreamWorks Characters Parade. Um, this is Royal Caribbean's version of like a deck party. Uh, and the characters are like Royal Caribbean's version of like the Disney characters. All the entertainment staff is on hand on the, at the promenade uh, at the nights when they do like the, the, the main parade. Uh, the cruise director is there. The senior staff is there. And they host this parade slash dance party that is supposed to be basically the grand finale of your cruise. I will say it is very impressive. It's just not really my thing. I know a lot of adults out there are into Disney-type stuff, and I honestly really don't knock it at all. I just personally can't get into it. Disney, DreamWorks, pro wrestling, <laughs> none of it really does it for me personally. But uh, I will be there, and I will enjoy it to a certain degree. Um, nothing like the experience of Norwegian's breakaway class in Spice H2O, but again, it is a fun time, and at least I will be stopping by before I head out to whatever else is going on late night on the ship. But part of you has to kind of, you know, this is what they do. This is their thing. This is their bread and butter. And uh, <clears throat> you should always, I, I, rec I highly recommend checking it out. They say, uh, you know, try to grab a seat at the Sorrentos because they have outdoor seating there or maybe that English pub that they have, some of the outdoor seating that they offer there. Grab a seat there and you won't miss a trick or just pop on the second level and you can kind of look down on everything. They got the DJ out there, the scratching, the cruise directors in costumes. It's a cool little event. Um, all right, so let's start walking around the ship, I guess, uh, for lack of better terms, uh, virtually walking around the ship. So on deck 13, they got the San Tropez deck. Uh, it's basically a sun deck. You know that deck that's a couple of decks higher than the Lido deck. It's not really much going on. It's just for those hardcore sun people. Uh, also on deck 13 is the sports complex. Uh, Royal Caribbean, as we know, is the wow ship. And it prides itself on being the, having the newest innovations in cruising. But it's also known as the cruise line you want to be on if you want to stay active. The sports complex on deck 13 is where you'll find the rock climbing wall, you'll get the basketball court, you'll have the flow rider, 
and the golf simulator and i think the miniature golf is up there as well there's also a couple of bars and retail shops up there too uh they have the wipeout bar which i tend to gravitate towards because it's just high and you get a really really good view of the entire sea it's kind of like my style i just like to have as much of a view of the sea as possible call me crazy but i'm on a cruise i like the damn water no Going down to deck 12, we got the jogging track. There's a more area for sunbathing, and that's where you'll find that's like that one level over the Lido deck. I think, if I'm, yeah, it's got that uh, ever popular throwback burger joint. Johnny Rockets is on 12, so I will definitely be checking out deck 12. You guys have maybe seen you maybe seen me on Instagram host uh, some polls, trying to get people to. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pit Guy's Burger Joint up against Johnny Rockets, and I have to say. Carnival's guys burger joint absolutely blows it out of the water from the standpoint of uh, you know just the poll. I will guarantee personally be able to report back on that. I remember having Johnny Rockets on the Oasis of the Seas, but honestly, I don't really remember it. I just feel like guys took its model more from like the Shake Shack with the rustic kind of patty. And listen, what do you want in a burger? You hate to say it, but. You want a greasy burger. That's what makes it taste good. But we'll see how Johnny Rockets does. You do have to pay a little bit extra to get uh, get the eats over at JR's. But uh, it will be well spent, I would imagine. All right, so Deck 11 has the Solarium. Now, the Solarium is a little bit of a step down from the Quantum. Not a little bit. Probably more like a lot of a step down from the Quantum and Oasis class ships. In that it doesn't offer that ama- amazing panoramic semi-covered glass ceiling. Uh, it's also a little bit inward, so it's not also at the end, so you're not really literally seeing the horizon from the solarium. It's still nice. It's still adults only, but it's just not as lavish as the updated you know, cru- classes of the Royal Caribbean fleet. Uh, and like I said, it doesn't offer that 270-degree view of the horizon because it's not placed all the way forward. Also on Deck 11 is the H2O Zone, which is basically the splash park for the kids. Uh, Deck 11 is also the Lido Deck, where you'll find the main pools and the pool bar. Uh, Going back up to Deck 12, right above the pool bar is the Sky Bar. I'm guessing that's where you can smoke. Uh, The pool bar, probably not. The Lido Deck has two pools. One is the sports pool, where they will do competitions, games, and stuff like that, like the belly flop competition they'll do uh, volleyball games uh, water polo maybe stuff like that and the main pool is for general swimming so um deck 11 is also where you find some of your main specialty dining restaurants in other words the ones you have to pay for up there you're going to see your chops which is a great steakhouse now i had chops and i will recommend i will i will rank chops the second best cruise line for steak i will still have carnival as number one that was definitely on the miracle the best steak i've ever had at sea and the uh, splendors uh, steak is not too far behind that chops was very very good they do the whole thing they got the good side items as well they had the lobster mac and cheese they had the cream spinach all that stuff was legitimate but the steak it just didn't have the same level of flavor uh, as the one on Carnival, but both of them are definitely better than Cagney's on Norwegian. No offense, Norwegian. <clears throat> Norwegian is awesome, but yeah, you do come in third place when it comes to the steak. Uh, they also have Giovanni's. Giovanni's is the Italian restaurant on Royal Caribbean that is not to be confused with Sorrento's in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 
eat at Giov- Giovanni's. Do not eat at Sorrento's. Uh, I think most of the newer ships on Royal Caribbean have replaced Giovanni's with Jamie's Italian, right? Partnered up with Jamie Oliver. Nothing says more Italian than Jamie Oliver, right? Anyway, he's a professional chef. So he's probably very, very good at cooking all types of food. In this particular case, he's on Royal Caribbean cooking Italian, and I'm sure it's out of control good. But uh, again, not uh, they, they replaced the Giovanni's. But either way, do not eat at Sorrento's. You'll also find Jade, which is the sushi restaurant on Freedom. Not a specialty restaurant, but also on Deck 11 is the world-famous Windjammer restaurant, which is Royal Caribbean's buffet option. The gym and the spa are also on Deck 11. They look good. But nothing really to write home about. You see the uh, a lot of the newer ships, even the Splendor, the Carnival Splendor. That was a big spa ship. But um, a lot of the ships, uh, newer age ships, 2009, 2010, and beyond, have put a huge focus on the gym and the spa. And uh, you know they do those thermal spa packages. I th- I think. Uh, Freedom missed that, and I think they pretty much just have the basic gym and the basic spa. Well, yeah, it was a great spa. You can still get the hot stone massages and the acupuncture and all that stuff, but I don't think they brought the thermal suites and the therapy pools that a lot of the uh, newer spas are offering uh, You know, across the board pretty much. As always, Royal Caribbean does a great job with the kids and the teens with stuff like nightclubs, camps, and arcades all over the ship. I'm not going to spend a ton of time analyzing them since we aren't cruising with kids or teens. Uh, Like I said, this is mostly about the cruise that I'm looking forward to and I'm previewing my own cruise with Nicole and Chris. But for those of you who are, rest assured, you guys are well taken care of on the Freedom of the Seas. The kids are going to have and the teens are going to have absolutely plenty to do. Uh, You have some lounges up on deck 14 which includes the Viking Crown Lounge, Olive or Twist, which also acts as the ship's late-night disco. I guess there was a nightclub on this ship, but now Olive or Twist is a lounge during the day and the disco at night. I feel like we got to stop calling it a disco, right? I don't know. Maybe not. We still call it an album when we're when a recording artist puts, puts out new material, right? We call it an album. There's no other word for it. So, all right, fine. Let's go with Disco. Why complicated? Cloud Nine, Seven Hearts, and the ultra-exclusive Diamond Lounge is also on Deck 15. And there's a chapel in case you get extra hammered and think getting married is a good idea. Uh, I don't envision myself spending a ton of time up there. Can you just get married up there? I don't think so, right? It's just a chapel. You can't just marry yourself in a chapel. You'll have to bring your own uh, officiator. How do you call it? Minister, priest, someone to officiate. The wedding, uh, someone who's licensed to marry people, you'll have to bring your own. BYOP, bring your own piste. Huh. All right, let's shoot back down to get deck five, which, well, like we mentioned before, the Royal Promenade. Uh, the other thing I love about the Promenade that I didn't mention before was the Promenade View staterooms. There are three levels of those, and to me, I don't know. They just give a little bit of a New York City vibe for some reason. Obviously, the balcony cabin is ideal, but instead of just a basic inside cabin or even an ocean view portal, I think it's kind of cool if you can open your curtain and kind of people watch from your own room. It kind of opens everything up a little bit, uh, gives yourself a 
it, it just a, a break from the standard inside cabin. You can relax, get off the TV on, check out what's going on on the cruise ship's main nerve center, which is the Royal Promenade. And uh, right now I have a standard inside cabin, but I'm going to price out a promenade view inside as well. Who knows? I'm going to price out a balcony too. I don't think I'm going to be end up in the balcony. I think it's an extra, probably at this point, an extra seven or eight hundred bucks to jump into the balcony. But uh, I think we might be able to do better with a promenade view inside stateroom. I'm going to check that out. Uh, along the promenade, you'll have Leonardo's, which is the main dining room. Um, you'll also have Isaac's and Galileo's. While these are actually labeled as three separate venues it's pretty much three decks of dining that almost look like one and it looks like one of the nicer main dining room setups i've ever seen i think that's probably the case because when it was built it was still it's still from a time not like it's ancient it's only what it's 12 years old but it's still from a time when the the grand main dining room was still a thing basically at its peak now there are so many specialty restaurants and the fact that they also shrunk down and added more complimentary restaurants in the newer ship, uh, you, you don't get that same experience. There's not as much of the huge, impressive, one-stop shop uh, main dining rooms. Maybe the Freedom Class ships were one of the last examples of this. Uh, I'm sure it's not completely dead. I know a lot of new, even new cruise ships still pride themselves on it, but it seems like there are less of them nowadays. Remember the dark days of Royal Caribbean's experiment? The uh, <laughs> that was that was destined for disaster from day one. They were trying to push that dynamic dining thing. Um, maybe that's a good topic for a show. Failed initiative from cruise lines. That's likely number one. Maybe combo that up with uh, cruising traditions that no longer exist. You know what I mean? Like. Baked Alaska, the Midnight Buffet. Any ideas you any ideas you guys have? The old school cruisers out there, if you guys have any ideas of cruising traditions that are pretty much extinct right now, hit me up at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Um, funny, I think a lot of the traditions are being brought back by Carnival, particularly on their Journeys Cruises, which makes sense because the 14, 15-day Journeys Cruises are usually attended by retirees because quite simply they have that disposable income and they have that time off from work uh so i think they probably throw it back to them because they probably do appreciate a lot of the stuff uh you know in a simpler more you know throwback time in cruising um anyway along the promenade you'll find a bunch of venues for shopping you'll find venues for eating drinking there's actually a ben and jerry's ice cream shop there too there's also a promenade cafe where you can get, you know, your basics, coffee, sandwiches, and other deli-type stuff. And they have the Bull and Bear, which is one of my favorite places on any Royal Caribbean ship. Not because I'm a drunk as much as because it's an actual English pub that looks and feels and actually smells like an English pub as well. They have live guitar entertainment throughout the day and evening. The guy on the Oasis... He didn't do a great job, and I'm hoping the live music in the pub is better this time around, but we shall see. You also have uh, Vintages, which is a wine bar. You have, like I said before, Sorrento's Pizza. If you are actually that hungry that, you know, if you if if you don't have any cardboard laying around to eat, then go to Sorrento's. Other than that, 
stay away. I mean, I got to give full disclosure here. I am a New Yorker, so yes, I am a bit of a pizza snob, so please bear with me with that. You'll also have the souvenir shops and things like that. You know what I love, though? Right about halfway down the promenade on either side, they have these quick little secret entrances to the casino. So you could be walking along the promenade, and you can get the itch, and all of a sudden you come across a stairway. It's almost like... (laughs) It's almost like it gives the effect of like a fireman's pole. You could just kind of like slide down and all of a sudden you're sitting at a blackjack table. It's not quite that convenient, but again, smart too because, you know, you may not be thinking about going to the casino, but all of a sudden, oh, just go down this little spiral staircase and uh, there's a bunch of riches waiting for you. Roll the, roll the, roll the dice. Spin the wheel. Play some blackjack. It's right here for you. Just walk down these stairs. Uh, moving on, they have the cupcake cupboard for the sweet tooth people out there. There's also the star lounge, which is more in the way of uh, live music and stand up comedy. Uh, it's you know not to be confused with the uh, other venues for shows, which are the main you know the main theater as well as the uh, studio B which is the ice skating, but also uh, doubles as a theater as well. Um, Deck 5 along the promenade, you'll also find the R-Bar. Now, this was formerly the Champagne Lounge, and I guess they felt that they didn't need that anymore, and they uh, switched it up to the R-Bar, which is a little bit more of a multi-use, multi-drinking facility than just being, uh, I guess, you know, just cornered into Champagne. Uh, They also have Boleros, which is a very upbeat, vibrant, and popular Latin music dance club so moving on to deck four you have another royal caribbean staple which is the schooner bar during the day it's a venue where they host a lot of the trivia uh, and at night it becomes the official sort of piano bar Uh, very very popular place on cruise ships because the piano bar stuff is just very interactive it's not as good as it is i would say it's third place royal caribbean's third place in, in in terms of piano stuff it's a little dated it's a lot more maybe old school standards whereas you know the new Norwegian ships will have the Howl at the Moon set up, and the uh, old Norwegian ships will just have a piano guy set up in Bar City. So if you're talking about a newer Norwegian ship, it's in third place. But when you compare it to the old school Norwegian ships, I would say the Schooner Bar is better than that. But best of all is Carnival to me, day in, day out, because they have the um, brick-and-mortar walk-in piano bar room where it has the guy. You could sit at the bar. The bar is the piano bar. There's actually a bar circling the piano bar, and uh, a lot of times they have upbeat, high-energy pianists that really get it going. Again, all bets are off when you're talking about Howl at the Moon on Norwegian, but they don't always have that. They don't always have that on the newer ships, and they don't have it at all on the... uh, lower level or older ships um what else do we got here uh we talked about studio b which is a multi-use facility and uh that's it so spanning decks two three and four is the arcadia theater which is the main showroom it's the largest venue and host to the main shows playing each and every night now Freedom is not a brand new mega ship any, anymore, so you don't get the Broadway name brand shows, but you do get the Royal Caribbean orig- original stage productions, which I do hear, full disclosure, are very skippable, and the guest entertainers, which could be magicians, comedians, acrobat, who knows what else. Uh, those are kind of hit or miss. Uh, Deck 3 has a really cool venue called On Air. 
Now, it's pretty much a sports bar, but it also dummies at night as a karaoke lounge and a live music venue that is very, very popular. All right, so that's pretty much it for the ship. Uh, this was really not, like I said before, meant to be an actual ship profile. As much as a cruise preview for the parts of the ship we're going to be going on and we're going to be looking at, and uh, we're going to be enjoying when we're on board. Uh, now let's move over to the shore excursions. We are hitting up four gorgeous ports of call on this particular cruise, which are St. Kitts, which is a ding, 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 first-timer. Uh, St. Martin, done that a few times. San Juan, done that a bunch of times. And Royal Caribbean's private resort area on Labadee, Haiti. Ding, ding, ding. First time. What, what's with the ding, ding, ding? I don't know where I come up with that one from. I have no idea. Sorry. It's crazy. I feel like I've kind of been to all of the ports, and it's kind of cool that there's still a couple out there that I haven't been on. What are some of the ones I haven't been to in the Caribbean still at this point? Trying to think. Um, I have not been to Bermuda. I have not been to some of those real far eastern and southern ones. Uh, St. Lucia, I haven't been to. Um, St. Croix, I haven't been to. Uh, I haven't been to Bonaire. And uh, Barbados, I haven't done the South American run. I haven't done uh, Cartagena. And I think that's really pretty much it. I think I've, I think I counted it. At one point, it was like 25, 26 islands I had been to in the Caribbean. But listen, that's not very interesting to you, is it? Who's keeping track? All right, so let's start at the top. St. Kitts. Now, I'm really looking forward to this because I am a sucker for all things Virgin Islands. You guys know I love St. Martin, St. Thomas. Those are probably one and two when you're talking about my favorite islands. I just love the greenery. I love, obviously, the crystal clear blue water. And uh, mostly, I love the rolling hills and the topography. You just don't get that in the Bahamas or Florida. You get it sometimes in Mexico, not really Cozumel, but you look look across the water and uh, you could see it. But I'm just a real fan of just kind of seeing that lush green rolling hills and, you know, just elevation, especially in St. Thomas where you can actually get into that elevation a little bit and they're kind of built up and they have some touristy, you know, touristy, but like, you know, gift shop stuff and yeah, they have some thing, things along the way, along the path where you can kind of, you know, whereas like, I feel like, I don't know, in St. Martin, I've never really been in anywhere in St. Martin. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Again, this is a big one, guys. Tell me. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Is there, can you get into the hills in St. Martin? Is there like stuff to do? Because like in St. Thomas, there are those gift shops, those daiquiri bars there's those uh cool little eateries uh i know there's the fort in uh in, in saint martin but that's kind of it you're just kind of going up the hill on, on the fort and you kind of just stand it up there which is really really cool but i just love the whole kind of driving through taking a tour watching the world go by type of thing uh on a safari in an area where you're going to destinations up at the top of the hills do they have that in saint martin or anywhere else or even saint kitts saint kitts so um Getting back to St. Kitts, um, I've looked around at some of the things to do, and uh, we haven't laid out a specific... We actually uh, are leaning towards something in St. Kitts, but here are some of the things I do have my eye on. So you have a general island tour, which is always a good idea when you haven't been there before, because a few reasons. A, they're typically not that expensive. B, 
typically they give you the run of what is on the island as a whole. And St. Kitts, they build it together with uh, St. Kitts and Nevis. So it's actually two islands. And you look at some pictures and you kind of see, you feel like you have, you know, when you do those Google image searches about certain islands, you get a feel for what they're trying to push. And clearly in this particular port of call they want you to see the topography they want you to go to that brimstone fort which looks amazing i've been to a good amount of forts in the caribbean as you probably would guess you know uh cuba speaking of forts that's another one i have not done yet but you know you you see the pictures of the lush green grass surrounding the fort and you could tell the architecture of the fort is just you know top notch and then you have this connecting i don't know what would you call it I'm making up a word right now. It may be right, may not be right. I'm going to call it an isthmus. Isthmus? Isthmus. I'm going to stop trying to say that. But it's that, I feel like it's a body. No, that's a body of water, isn't it? What's a body of land, a small body of land that connects kind of two main islands? Or maybe it just doesn't. Maybe there is no name for it because ultimately it's just still one body of water, a body of land surrounded by water. So maybe it's still an island, but. It narrows out between St. Kitts and Nevis, and you really get a good, and it's very, very mountainous along that pass, and it just looks beautiful, and there's tons of helicopter and drone shots of that. So um, a general island tour to get a good feel of what you're looking at, what you got in front of you, and the other thing is, like, you get, you still get a good amount of your day, typically, unless it's a real in-depth tour, they're not taking six hours of your day. They're giving you a couple of hours. Here's what you got. Now go do what you want to do. And you can kind of piggyback that island tour with something else. So that's something we're looking at. Something very, very unique to St. Kitts is this railroad. This scenic railroad tour that goes along the beach, goes along the town, goes along the mountains. Basically, it looks like it. Uh, a perim- it's like a, almost a perimeter kind of thing i don't know how far it is how long it is i looked at the island a little bit and i got a good feel of what the layout is i don't necessarily know how much of that is covered by this uh, scenic rail tour it does look cool i would absolutely try it and it was the number one thing that i wanted to do on the list but i kind of bailed on that when uh me and nicole were talking and we'll let you know what we're uh I'll end with what we probably are going to end up doing. And, uh, you know, it just it seems a little, I don't know, I want to throw the word basic out there a little bit. You're kind of just sitting in the rail. Uh, on the YouTube videos I've looked, it was a very, very much older crowd, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just very kind of like people are very, very low-key, and it's very relaxed. There's a, like a singing show performance on there, and it's, Really, probably a couple of tour guides. If you got hired as a tour guide, you would be taught this song. You'd have to sing this song dressed in some sort of a native uh, native costume or outfit or something like that. And uh, that is it. I think you get some fruit. I think you get a couple of refreshments. I don't think it's anything. You're kind of like trapped on this train as beautiful as it might be and as cool and comprehensive as a tour it might be. Again, might be a little basic. Uh, also, I did some research and I've seen that there were some really, really good restaurants on the island. And some people say it's one of the uh, one of the, one of the best restaurants they've ever been to is a place called the Spice Mill. And not just for the food, but also for the ambiance and where you're sitting on the beach. So experiencing some of the local food would be on the list as well. That still could be in play. Uh, clearly, Brimstone Fort was a, uh, you know, a, a popular one. 
this is one of the calling cards to the island brimstone fort built in the late 16 1700s i think it was and uh the the island was very vulnerable to to attacks and just real real incredible design and then just incredible construction this is one of the most impermeable forts from what i've seen in the caribbean as a whole and i would definitely like to check that out it's highly elevated it's a hell of a climb to get up there which is cool we love doing the adventure but again you're just up there once you're up there you're up there which is cool but what's next after that uh there's also something called the bob and elvis party bus now that's kind of like maybe something that might be right up my alley however i would do that but I, the school bus thing throws me off, which we'll get to later. We'll talk about Saint Martin, uh, Saint Martin. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. You're in the you're in the Caribbean, beautiful islands. You want you want that wind. You want that beautiful, uh, you know, that, that aroma, the fresh air. You want it running through you. You want to be able to take a deep breath and smell the salt. Uh, I don't know. Do I want to sit on a sweaty school bus with a bunch of drunk people? I'm not sure about that. But again, the drunk part, the the, the drinking part, the kind of like flying around the island on a bus, that does sound appealing to me. And, you know, I'm sure if you listen to this show, that doesn't surprise you very much. What we are going to likely do, and uh, screw it. You know what? You only live once, and uh, let's let's try it. Now we've I've done some research on this, and there's definitely mixed reviews. And the only bad reviews there are are from people who just really they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And it is the uh, volcano hike. Um, what is it? Mi, mi amiga, mi, mi amiga, something like that. I'm sorry. It is a uh, dormant. They say volcano, but some people say they don't really know that for sure. But I'm sure it is dormant because you know. When, People have been hiking up this thing a couple times a day for years, but it is a six-mile total hike is what they say. First of all, it's an hour drive to get out there, which it's annoying, but I'm sure it's a nice drive. So it's about an hour drive to get out there. You see some sights. You get a little bit of a tour, a feel for the island. Once you get there, you drive as far as basically vehicles can go, and then you start your hike, and it's a total of six hours and it is a uh, six and a half mile all the way hike, uh, a round trip hike, and it gets to an elevation of just under four thousand feet. So you are trudging uphill through trees, you know, past you know branches. There's a couple of tricky passes where you have to do some climbing. They give everybody a natural walking stick. What's a walking stick? They just break a branch off a tree or something like that. They just hand it to you. And uh, you eventually summit, and you're up close to about 4,000 feet. But, man, once you get up there, if it, and that's the other thing, too, if it's a clear day. If it's a clear day, you overlook the huge crater, and the crater has been just completely vegetized, if that's a word. It's just, like, not necessarily a, like, like you would think of a crater on the moon or a crater in the desert or something like that. It's already filled with, um, you know, beautiful tropical rainforest and trees and plants and bushes have grown in and you're up and you're looking down i guess what's like 700 feet 800 feet into the crater from the top of this volcano but um you know that that's what you love that's what you do when you, you know what you want to say we did the things we did the things when you do something like that i am pumped to do that that was kind of like nicole's thing if she wanted to do something else if she wanted to kind of do an island tour or relax or maybe choose our own adventure type thing i would do that as well uh but 
she wanted to do this, and I'm like, screw it, hell yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie, though. I am in training for the gym. Right now, I'll tell you where I am. It's definitely not like the last cruise where I got down to 229. I do not believe I will be seeing 229. Right now, I am at 254, and that's down from 266. So nothing crazy yet, and we do have basically a month left. Now, here's the tricky part. we got a couple of days for the Super Bowl. So I want to get down to 250 by the Super Bowl because I'm going to my friend's house, and let's be honest, we're going to do some eating at the Super Bowl. You know, we don't drink. It's crazy the the wives to tell you that the wives make fun of us. We just don't drink. We're we're a crew that drinks when we party, and we drink when we party. But we're watching a football game, and uh, you know we we got a couple dollars on the game, maybe this and that. Oh, we're ba- we're pounding diet cokes. We just it just not it doesn't occur to us as a crew. And again, we're very rare when it comes to this, and we're all on the same page. It just doesn't occur to us as a crew to have a beer at a game or to have a beer, go meet up for a beer after work or something like that. No, we're hanging out, and we are lucid all the time, except if we're hitting up a bar late night or a club late night, and we're dressed up with the cologne on, ready to party, and you know, maybe scour the room for pockets. Um, I don't want to say Booze equals pocketry. That's not the case because, you know, just on the cruise, I'm, I'm pretty much smashed the entire week. But uh, we just typically don't drink. Why was I saying that? Oh, because we're not. I'm going to eat. So I'm going to do some eating on the Super Bowl, probably shoot back up to 253. But then that will be gone the first day. So from February 5th to March 3rd, I will attempt to lose let's just say 15 to 18 pounds. Who knows? Maybe if I go hard, I could lose 20. And then that could put me close to, you know, between 230 and 235. Uh, so probably 235 is more realistic. I was 229 last time. So there's not much difference between 230 and 229. But I think I'll probably be able to get to 235. What I am doing and I've incorporated into my gym routine, which is a bitch, is that stair climber machine. Now, you know that big monstrosity? I don't know why they have to make that thing so big. You feel like you're like the king of the gym when you're walking on that damn freaking thing. It's like your head's almost about to hit the ceiling and you're all higher above everybody. Can't they make a smaller, a little more compact version of that thing? But So that's what we're going to probably do, the volcano hike. It is six hours long, uh, but it starts at like, I think, nine. And the um, ship... Hit heads out at 6, so 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. So we should be done with the hike around 3. So we'll have a couple of hours to maybe get something good to eat, maybe have a drink. And uh, I looked it up, and you know me with my freaking sunsets. The sun is going down at about 6.18 that day in St. Kitts. So it's going to be beautiful, man. It's going to be a beautiful hike. We're going to have the, those endorphins running and the adrenaline running from the hike. I'm sure we'll hit the freaking hay hard late because we'll be exhausted but uh right off the hike there'll probably be a good amount of adrenaline we'll probably be feeling good the sun will be going down a couple of drinks and uh you know we'll have a beautiful beautiful sail away looking forward to that saint kitts all right moving over to old faithful saint martin you can't go wrong in saint martin ladies and gentlemen this will be probably my fourth 
yes, I think my fourth trip to this gorgeous island. I've told you guys before that I love it here and mostly for the natives, the cab drivers, the tour guides here. They got a pride and they have a passion for their island like I have not seen anywhere else. You know, I know you've most of you heard me say that they live in paradise and it's just refreshing to see that they know it. Whereas I'm not going to lie to you, St. Thomas, while I love St. Thomas, the island, when you get in a cab and you get on a um, you know, safari taxi, it is a little bit business. It's a business transaction. Every once in a while, you grease the right guy. You'll get a nice situation, but you have to show the money. The minute you sit down in a cab or a tour in St. Martin, they are just greeting you with a huge smile. They start talking. You can't shut them up about how beautiful their island in uh, their island is and how proud they are to live there all right so let's talk maho beach is always an option especially when you're cruising with people who haven't seen the plains land i haven't been there since the hurricane so i am a little anxious to see it um, anxious meaning a little semi-nervous uh, i wonder how noticeable the damage will be um, you know the sunset bar and all the other areas around it so uh, you also have orient beach which is uh also strongly considered, aside from it being the most beautiful beach I've ever been on, uh, the others with me also have not seen it, and I'd love to show it to them. And uh, even though I'm not a huge beach guy, there are plenty of things I can do there. You can hang out on the beach. Uh, yeah, you can get the uh, you know f- you can get the umbrella for my translucency, and uh, you can eat and drink. I definitely get a jet ski, although it's not the best jet skiing in that little bay there. The water is very very choppy. Uh, on Orient Beach, and it makes for it a li- to be a little bit tough to really open up on the jet ski. And if you're gonna wear a jet ski, I mean, <laughs> don't don't wear a jet ski. If you're gonna rent a jet ski, wear uh, a pair of sunglasses or something like that. Because again, like I said, you're just constantly battling the chop, and it's just splashing you. And you guys know the salt splashing in your eyes kind of annoying orient beach uh full disclosure is a nude beach uh half of it's a nude beach you have the regular american uh, americanized side i guess because just you know that's just you have to cater to the americans when it's pretty much 80 percent americans on these cruises they try to naturally cater to that so the other side is uh clothing optional and the truth is again it's not sexual at all. I can promise you that. It's not. And if it was, that would be great. You know what I mean? But it's not. It's You'll see very attractive people with no clothes on. You'll see 50-year-old man-ass drooping down. You'll see, you know, elderly people just with no clothes on because that's just kind of like the French way, the European way in some ways. And that's just what they do. You don't really feel like, oh, you don't really, you know, it is what it is. It's just that's what they do. Um what else about uh, Orient Beach? Like I said, it is the – and I know I haven't been to Trunk Bay. I haven't been to St. John and uh, things like that. But I've been to Megan's Bay. I've been to Koki Beach. I've been to some beautiful, beautiful places. But uh, Orient Beach on St. Martin is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, you know, just from an aesthetic standpoint. The one thing you have to realize about St. Martin, though, is they do hustle you. You will get the women walking around with the trinkets, walking around with the dolls. There's a cool doll that they have. I never bought it. You know, I'm not going to buy a doll. But it's a, it's a, it's a double-ended doll where you can uh, turn it over, and all of a sudden it's a French girl. And then you turn it over again, 
and it is a Dutch girl. So like she'll be wearing a Dutch costume and then you flip the big bulky dress up the other way and all of a sudden it'll be reversible and you'll see a Dutch girl. And uh, if you want something, you know, ladies or gentlemen, if you want something cool that really represents where you went, that uh, that that was actually cool. And that was a big seller on the beach. But they also have the women with the aloe plant. They want to rub your feet, which <laughs> not bad. When, when, when last time we were in uh, St. Martin, we were in Manhattan Beach, which we'll talk Manhattan Beach, uh, Great Bay Beach. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Chris, uh, he was laying there and I indulged him and I was like, they were fighting over the um, who was going to get to massage. And that's a little bit awkward, too. They'll do that. They have no qualms about, you know, battling it out on the beach and trying to get your business and who saw who first. And, you know, it's not going to be like where they're like, everybody calm down. We don't want to make it uncomfortable. But no, they'll battle in front of in front of you. But uh, I was like, we're going to settle this right now. I go, we're going to get both of you and each of you are responsible for a foot. So no offense. I'm calling it like I see it. These are. Uh, two rather large women and they were fighting one minute and 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 battling over who was going to you know give us the massages because chris was the only one in the market right now and uh they went from actually literally and you wonder i think they're just used to arguing with each other so i don't think there was a threat of a fight or anything or getting physical at all but they were in a heated argument and uh, they talk fast, and you know I like to think that I it is English, but it is you know island English, so it's a little bit tough to understand sometimes. So I did say, let's settle this whole thing. You ladies sit on the lounge chair, sit back to back, and each of you get one of Chris's feet, and we'll pay you for both of them. I just wanted to see that happen, you know, whatever. So that's what did happen, <laughs> and Chris was laying there in heaven with his red stripe and two enormous women back to back each with a one of chris's uh legs on their knee and just rubbing his feet down and yes he uh that was a good day for chris uh speaking about that that's great bay beach now it's a beautiful beach i mean very very nice nicer than most of what you're gonna see in florida anywhere but it's just not quite Maho Beach. And when in Rome, you know what I mean? Go to go to where the Romans are. But if you're looking to be, you know, dare I say basic, I'm not going to say basic. I think I think Great Bay Beach is a great option. Why? Because I love when you could see the cruise ships. You have a beautiful, for several reasons. A, that's where, the, that's where good water sports are. You can open it up on the jet ski on Great Bay Beach. You have a beautiful view of three or four cruise ships that are in port. Uh, maybe, I don't know, a couple of hundred yards away, I would say. You're safe because you don't have to worry about missing the ship. The ship is in view. If your traffic hits, a palm tree falls, whatever, anything could happen, and you're delayed and you miss the ship, that's not going to happen if you're at Great, Great Bay Beach. And there's a little bit of a boardwalk feel to it. Um, you can walk up and down, and you can eat and drink on the beach side of it, and then you go to the opposite side of it. That's downtown, what would you call it, Phillipsburg? And tons of shopping, tons. Of, you got casinos, you got bars, you have uh, places to uh, gamble. Um, you have what else do you have? You have uh, the Yoda guy is there. We've talked about him before. This guy who was a costume and set designer for the Star Wars franchise decided to pack up his game and just live in Saint uh, Saint Martin. And he opened up a shop, and it's basically a Star Wars museum. It's called the Yoda guy. Definitely checked out. It's along that way. So. You sacrifice a little bit of the gorgeous layout and landscape of an Orient Beach, and you don't have the plains like you do at Maho Beach, but awesome water sports, 
proximity to the cruise ship, uh, still a beautiful beach, tons of bars and restaurants along the way, and downtown Phillipsburg is absolutely right there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm telling my, I mean, what are we talking about here? This is a great beach. Great Bay Beach is awesome. And, uh, you know, usually I like to pick a day. You know, again, like I said, not that I'm proud of it. I'm drinking mostly every day on these cruises and getting where I got to go. But usually we pick one day to kind of go in extra and kind of just get, you know, almost like you're not going to remember the day. And uh, St. Martin for this for this particular cruise might be that day. Who knows? We'll see. All right, moving on to San Juan. Listen, I'm saying all this stuff, but as we also say all the time on this show, you never can predict how your cruise is going to go. I don't even know if we'll end up at this volcano in St. Kitts. We don't know. But what it is good to do, you serve yourself well to set up a plan. And you set up a, the general plan. If the plan goes off the rails, it's going to go off the rails for a good reason. Because you're going to get into something else. And you're going to try something else. And that makes perfect sense. But I still do like to set up a general outline, a general itinerary. So in case nothing does come up or we don't do this or we don't do that, we do have sort of like an uh, order of operations. Um, San Juan, this is an interesting one this time. I'm definitely getting some uh, mafango, which is my favorite dish to get when you're there. But the last time I was in San Juan, I was, as you guys may have remembered, introduced to the tripleta. It is a giant hero with a combination of ham, pulled pork, and Philly cheesesteak meat, if you want to call that, whatever you want to call that. Uh, Then they top it with mustard, mayo, and some sort of special sauce. It was magical. We had the mafango. Last time we were there, we had the mafango. We ate at a restaurant, and then we did the walk around the city, walk around from one fort, went to the other fort, worked up a little bit more of an appetite. Sun is going down. We're heading back to the cruise ship, but we were just kind of like very lazily rolling along. And I was... I just kind of got separated. I think all of us took, there was three of us walking. It was me, Marie, and Nick, because Chris had met up with his family. And uh, I think the three of us just slowly walked. We all knew where the cruise ship was, and we slowly took different routes to get there and just kind of like lumbering through the city. And I came up across this truck, and it said Tripleta. And I remember Marie was doing some online research on San Juan, and she was hell-bent on getting one of these. Now, they went to Senior Frogs. These cell phones work. I, I told them where I was. I told them I found the Tripleta truck. They said they weren't interested. They, they were already into the drinking Let's let's because they had met back up with Chris, and they were all drinking at Senior Frogs. I don't know. I wasn't so interested in drinking at Senior Frogs at that moment. Shocker. But I saw the Tripleta truck. I was like, well, I'm going to get one. So they made one for me. And the thing was the size of my the full length of my arm pretty much. And it, 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 the, 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 the width of my head as well. So it was a giant freaking sandwich. So I'm like, this is perfect. So I'm going to eat half of this. And uh, I'm going to just bring the other half back so they can experience the Tripleta. It was so good. that I don't know what happened, guys. The whole thing disappeared. The whole thing was gone. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't comment further on that. They just. I just had to eat the whole thing. The thing about San Juan this time is, I think we're out of there 
at 2.30 or 3.30. So we're getting it at 7. Listen, I'm not, you know, I've been to San Juan a bunch of times. If I had a full day in San Juan, I'd take it more seriously and I would look for something to do that I hadn't done. Because you know what? I've done the forts how many times already. I've walked old San Juan how many times already. Uh, So I would actually look into something, maybe do that tropical rainforest, but maybe not because we're already doing the hike. Who knows? I would look into something different for San Juan. But we're out of there like, I don't know what it is, 3 o'clock or something like that. So I'm not going to go crazy. Nicole has not seen the forts and she is a big fan of the four, of forts and stuff like that. So we'll probably just do lunch and walk around again. Basic, I know. But again, it's San Juan. There's no secret. There's no, I'm no stranger to San Juan. So it's not like I have to plan this huge thing. And uh, you know what? That'll be a little bit of a mail-in day. But hey, sometimes people don't even get off the ship. I'm getting off the ship. I'm, I'm definitely doing that. We're going to get a good day in. Uh, what else here? All right, Labadee, Haiti is the cruise line, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, a private resort, as we mentioned, and is one of the best private resorts that there is. You can't call it an island because Haiti is the island, and it's a little piece of Haiti that is uh, just carved out, you know, in, in Royal Caribbean, I'm sure, paid a very pretty penny to lease it out for several decades. And uh, there are gorgeous beaches, there's plenty of eating, drinking, shopping, there's water sports, but uh, my main mission on Labadee is gonna take is gonna be to take on this Dragon's Breath zip line. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys, if you've ever seen it on YouTube, it at one point maybe still is. I'm not sure. Things change left and right, but the longest zip line over a body of water that there is. And uh, yes, am I terrified as I sit here and think about it? Yes, I'm. You know, many of you I know are rolling your eyes. You're being a baby. Who cares? I don't know. You guys know I don't fly. I'm not the biggest heights guy. I, I don't mind heights as long as I'm connected to the ground in certain in, in any way, shape, or form. I'm fine with heights as long as there's a connection. Flying through the air. Now, uh, if you haven't seen this, definitely research Labadee Zipline on YouTube. And uh, it's it, like I said, it's terrifying looking. I most certainly will have to get under 240 pounds to do this. I looked the weight limit. It said um, it was uh, 275. So that was good news for me. I am likely going to have a few shots of liquid courage for this. This might, you know what? Forget St. Martin. This probably will be the Blackout Island because you know what I mean? It is pretty much a beach day besides a few attractions. Um, I do plan on doing it, guys. I want to thank Hannah for forcing me to do the smaller version in Honduras, and that will have served as a great stepping stone to conquer this beast. Uh, if I survive that, then I'll probably do the Alpine roller coaster as well. I did a similar one in uh, Jamaica, and that was a lot of fun. It's one of those roller coasters that are basically powered by gravity, and you can operate it, control it with the um, the brakes. And I'll probably do the unlimited. It's probably I think it's like seventy bucks for the unlimited rides. And I'll do a couple. I'll do one where I'm a little cautious, and then uh, we'll open up the brakes a little bit and maybe see. Uh, we'll we'll. We'll, we'll test the, uh, I guess, the tolerance for the speed and the curves and the up and downs and this and that. But these things, you're at the top of a hill. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous view, and I'm really, really pumped. Um, definitely going to have a whole bunch of Labadoozies, which is the official drink of Labadee, uh, created, of course, but internally by Royal Caribbean. Genius marketing there. They uh, have their own island, and then they make their own drink, and they call it a Labadoozie. Very, very smart. Either way, 
We're looking forward to another amazing cruise, and we will be pumped to tell you all about it. I'll probably, like I said, do another preview of this cruise as we get closer to the sale day. It will likely be that more dramatic, more pumped up, more specific, and a little bit more detailed as far as what we're going to do hour by hour and kind of what I envision myself doing when I, once I get on that ship and into these ports and stuff like that. I'm pumped. Um, I did one, like I said, I did one on the Oasis. Check that out on uh, whatever episode that was, but it was, uh, I think it was... The one that said Oasis. Oh, a bunch of O's and then Asus. So it was like pumped up. I think it's the only one that has the black and white picture of the ship on there where I just talk about like uh, I literally go through how I'm unpacking and how we're walking around the ship in a workmanlike fashion, you know, all this stuff. All right, that's it pretty much. Hope you guys enjoyed what was borderline a ship profile and a cruise preview of my upcoming cruise to uh, Labadee, Haiti, St. Kitts. San Juan and St. Martin on the gorgeous Royal Caribbean Freedom of the Seas. Now, let's get into some emails for this week. get started hi tommy i'm planning a trip on the carnival splendor in april and i've heard you say it's one of your favorites so i thought i'd ask you what you like about it so much i know you said the aft pool is a must but is there anything else that you think makes it extra awesome what deck would you recommend for someone getting any in getting any inside room what deck would you recommend for anyone getting any inside room? Any of your insight about it would be great. Thanks for keeping me informed and entertained at work. Your stories are kind of my favorite. Carrie. K-A-R-Y-E. Carrie? Carrie. Carrie. Let's just go with Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're a listener, and I'm so happy that you enjoy my rambling stories. Uh, it is uh, The Carnival Splendor is one of my favorite ships, I will say. That a lot of times familiarity uh, breeds just, you know, just affection. And there was one summer where I got a bunch of free cruises from Carnival. I I still don't know how that happened. I still don't know why that happened. But I took three of them in one summer. So it was basically a cruise on Carnival, three cruises on Carnival in uh, like a four-month span, March to uh, September. March, April, May, August. I guess that's a five-month span. But um, yes, aside from it just being like a home ship for me, a ship that I love, I think it's like the perfect size. I think it's a big enough ship to where you can kind of get a lot of people on there, meet a lot of people. Uh, I won't even mention the aft pool because, again, like I said, it is the best piece of real estate that there was on any cruise ship that I've ever been on. It's just chill out there. I just... You know, you want to, you know, you want to be able to have a bar, and you want to be able to look at the ocean and have a full, unobstructed view of the water from a pool, from a hot tub, and you get that on Carnival Splendor. And I, most of Carnival ships have the aft pool, but on the Splendor, it's a little bit more sleek. It's a little bit more. I just like the way it's laid out. It just feels like home back there. But aside from that. What I do like about it is what a lot of people won't like, and I probably wouldn't like this if there wasn't the aft pool option, but they do have the um, uh, retractable roof dome, and it, it they, they use it a lot. They interchange it a lot. Like when it's raining out at all, 
when it's leaving port, when it's even cloudy sometimes, they'll pull that roof over and uh, it'll it'll shut you down. It'll make you feel like you're in. Like I just have, you know, sensory memory uh, is, is maybe the word for it. But when they close it down, they're cooking that pizza in the Lido deck and it just smells. You can smell that delicious pizza. And again, say what you want. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a pizza snob. I know my pizza. And Carnival Splendor makes some damn good pizza. Again, I just wish they would maybe not deter people from having it by slowing the lineup so much but either way it's still delicious pizza and when they have that roof closed you smell the pizza you smell it's like a chlorine pizza mix that typically wouldn't be like you know your favorite smell if you were going to take it in but because i associate it with the carnival splendor that chlorine pizza smell is just makes my day makes me smile um they have a great movie night on there when they close the thing up at night in the Lido deck. It just it just feels like home. It just feels like a home ship. I really, really enjoyed the staff on there. A couple of things else about the Splendor in the um, Lido deck buffet. Uh, it took me till the third time getting on the ship to even know this existed. But upstairs, they have a second tier to the buffet. If you go upstairs and there's still buffet, there's still buffet seating, but they have the comfort food section. So they have delicious food all over the regular, you know, I think it's, what is it? The 10th deck, uh, you know, regular standard. But then you go up to the 11th, they have the rotisserie chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, the comfort food, little hidden gem there that I love. Uh, favorite also on the uh, Splendor is I love the way the nightclub is laid out. I'm a nightclub guy when I go on a cruise, so that may not be a hot button for you, but I happen to love it. Uh, it's it's perfectly set up. I was on the Miracle. They have that Frankenstein club, and it's just weird. It's small. Dance floor is weird in, 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 ref, in, in uh, I guess, in geographically location compared to the where the bar is and then have the seating over in the tucked away area where it's like it's just tight and then you have this big freaky weirdo frankenstein sitting on the dance floor it's it just wasn't my thing um and all the other cruises i've been on the layout of the nightclub in the splendor is best as well uh let me think and i'm not preparing this i'm just kind of thinking of off the fly uh i love the um what else? Oh, the piano bar. Definitely love the piano bar. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I kind of like the fact that they didn't do the 2.0 upgrades. They haven't done the 2.0 upgrades on Splendor because you know the, the Alchemy bar is usually where they'll have the martini bar, and they still have the martini bar. And I prefer the martini bar over the Alchemy bar because the Alchemy bar is just they, it's just too complicated. They just don't know how to freaking – if you get a bartender in there that is not 100% – uh, flat, fast and expert mixologist, and maybe not even maybe he's really good and he just isn't familiar, or she is really good and just not familiar with the menu yet. You'll be standing there waiting 20 minutes for a drink, and uh, you got to order two because you're just not going to get their attention again for a, a good amount of time. What else about the Splendor? Um, that's it. I think, uh, you know, I love the Carnival theater layouts, the older ships on the theater layouts because of the fact that, you know, I I don't like what they do on the Vista and what they do on the Sunshine, which is kind of, you know, double it up as the nightclub and have those removable seats in in the beginning, otherwise stadium seating. I love the stadium style seating on a lot of the older carnival ships because you get plenty of leg room and a drink tray in front of you. It's just it's just a beautiful thing. It feels really good. Oh, and a calling card for the Splendor 
uh, is the spa. They have the spa cabins, and it is one of the first Carnival cruise ships ever to uh, do the thermal spa package where, you know, you have a couple of different types of steam rooms, saunas, uh, the thermal room where you just kind of lay on the uh, hard tile and kind of watch the world go by out the window, and a beautiful, I mean a beautiful, comfortable uh, therapy pool. It's kind of weird because they have like these weird dragon looking kind of like, uh, feet, uh, th- these statues hanging from the ceiling and stuff like that. And they just kind of pipe in that Zen music and you're laying in the philosophy pool and you're just kind of detoxing from the drinking and kind of like you're relaxing from the workout that you just had. And it's just very, very, very comfortable. It's overall just a very, very comfortable ship for me from size-wise to aft pool to piano bar to the martini bar to uh, the nightclub layout to the main theater and the spa. I just absolutely love the Carnival Splendor if (laughs) you haven't heard me say that before. All right. Moving on. Uh, Tommy. I am from Tampa, Florida, and recently stumbled upon your podcast. Most of it I find informative and entertaining, even though I don't cruise like you and your friends. Some of your stories I find funny, and some of them, well, not so much. (laughs) But on your last show, you made some comments that I think were in poor taste. You said something to the effect of Koreans do nails and Greek people own diners. While this was not something that would keep me from listening to you, I did want to write in to let you know that this was slightly on the ignorant side. Not saying you are ignorant, just saying these comments were. I look forward to hearing you get back to the cruising info. Brian from Tampa. Brian, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the email. Brian, I just can't live in this world. I can't play this game, the politically correct game. I did not, and I, and I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, you know, did they think that I mean all Koreans do nails and all Greek people own that? No, that's not what I was saying. It's just clear that certain ethnicities uh, are, are 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 drawn to certain types of field of professional of professionalism. That's just the reality of, of what it is. It's not necessarily something that you can't get away from. I'm not saying that if you see – listen – we have to – I'm just I, – I like to stay, take a step back from the PC world a little bit. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, isn't – don't you think it's weird that you can say something directly and categorize an ethnicity if you're complimenting them? You know what I'm saying? Like this is the example that I'm talking about. Uh, the Conor McGregor fight happened and um, he was fighting Floyd Mayweather. As you guys know, one of the biggest fights in history, and what was expected to happen did happen. Floyd Mayweather was just too much of a technician. And again, I just this is me. I'm going out off the cuff here a little bit, but this is just something that I think about. Uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, usually is a dancer. He's usually kind of like comes in and comes out. He usually relies on his defense. He usually relies on fast combinations and mostly scoring rather than forcing the action and uh, throwing, you know, vicious shots with knockout intentions. Um, In this particular fight, because of the two fighters' styles and skill sets, uh, Mayweather was the aggressor, and he did come forward, and he was throwing hard shots, and he was 
he was going for the knockout because he was in there against an inferior opponent and he basically knew that by walking him down and charging him, really Conor McGregor just wouldn't have an answer for that. And being in range of a, a not only an elite, an all-time great boxer, if they were fighting on the inside, one thing about fighting on the inside that you have to realize is that you know, you are in range of every shot. And a lot of experts, and I agreed with, you know, of course, agree with the experts uh, going out on a limb here. But when you're in range, you have to be able to defend every punch. You have to defend the body. You have to defend the hooks, the hooks, the headshots, the jabs, the right crosses, you know, the uppercuts and like, multiple body shots. You have to you have to know how to defend every shot. And Conor McGregor, as a world class MMA fighter, is not an elite professional boxer, and the time they had to train for that fight, there would be no way that Connor would be able to train to be able to defend and be ready for every single shot that Floyd Mayweather would be able to throw at him. So it was in Floyd's interest to come forward and stay in range of every shot, and that would create a tactical nightmare for Connor, and that's pretty much what did happen. And uh, after the fight, Connor made a comment, and he said, you know, I turned you into a Mexican fighter tonight. And I just saw on Facebook some people that are the girls and Mexicans uh, that I know were riled up. What the f did he mean? Who's he? What is he talking about when he says me- Mexican fight? What is he? And I explained to her that Mex- the Mexican traditionally, the Mexican boxer traditionally is known for coming forward, being very courageous, hitting very hard, and just being like a, a the, the the type of boxer that forces the action, not an outside peripheral dancer, not a stick and mover, not a jabber, and you know get out of there, not a you know defensive wizard, just a very aggressive come forward type of a style. And then she was quickly turned around. She was like, oh. That's true. We are. We're very, very hard hitters, and we come forward. We're always. We always come at you. My thing is, that's a long story, just to tell you this. But I just feel like stereotypes. You shouldn't be able to compliment people with stereotypes. If you're going to compliment, like if you said, you know, something derogatory specifically about a Mexican person or anybody of any ethnicity, and stereotyped it, and it was either neutral or negative, you come off as a bigot as a racist or whatever why is it different if you're complimenting you know what i'm saying i I think if you're i I don't think i think you're still judging somebody by their ethnicity you're doing that and typically that's supposed to be a bad thing except if you're doing it well oh that type of uh you know Although that that type of uh, I don't even want to say any nationality but they're very hardworking people or they're a very uh um well-spoken people or they're very um you know athletic people in any way shape or form you shouldn't be able to if you can't say what the negative stereotypes are about them i don't think it's appropriate to say the positive ones either because uh it's just still doing the same thing you're and if it's true if you're gonna say it's true on a on something that's positive you can't necessarily call somebody out and tell somebody they're insane for saying something on the negative side because what just the good things about that if it's true that it's consistent with that ethnicity ethnicity (laughs) ethnicity if it's consistent when it's good that 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 also means that there can be negative consistencies with certain ethnicities you know what i mean for example white people smell like baloney when it rains in august we know that right 
but anyway, I didn't mean to offend anybody. And again, I just am just not PC. I just, I, I just, I'm not a politically correct guy. I'm a little on the older side. If I was 22 years old and came up under a different uh, set of circumstances and a different, you know, world and a, I guess, social climate, I may would be if I was a real millennial. I would, but I'm just not. I'm just not. Uh, I try not to be offensive, but I'm also not anyone that really is going to pull punches when I want to say what I want to say. So, again, uh, Brian, I really hope you continue to listen to the show, but I can't promise that it's not going to happen again. Um, All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. Love the show. One quick suggestion. It's time to give a shout-out to all of us single cruisers. I have plenty of friends and a darling husband to travel with, but none of them have the passion for being at sea like I do. So I go alone. I shy away from mega ships and enjoy personal bonds I make with mid-sized ships crew. There is something to be said about taking a whole week to do only the activities you want to do or just nothing at all. I would not give it up sing I would not give up single cruising for anything. Things I have picked up along the way. Engage your room steward, barista, and bartender. Ask them about their lives and families, when their contract will be up, etc. Once they know you and they know that you are traveling alone, all of them will bend over backwards to keep you happy. I think it gets very lonely at sea for months at a time. I am able to take the time to listen and make a connection, and to me, it's a win-win all around. Thanks for all the great info, by the way. I was at SantaCon. I was a participant. Long Island Railroad was complete chaos. Chiraz. Chiraz, a local. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I really appreciate the email. And, uh, yeah, you were one of those freaking Santa Claus people that were out of control. Write me back. Tell me what you did for SantaCon. Uh, where, where did you go? Uh, what are some of the weird things you've seen at SantaCon in New York City? Because I know there were a couple. Um that's pretty much it. All right, so let me address a few things. Shiraz, kudos to you for solo cruising. I always flirt with the idea of maybe solo cruising. Haven't been able to take that plunge yet, but I eventually probably will, especially if I end up in Miami and I want to do a quick getaway. I'll have no problem getting on a ship for a couple of days, getting out to sea, and enjoying myself on my schedule and on my terms. Um what you're saying is uh, the uh, – I mean that's dedication too. You have a family and a husband and you just, <laughs> you just pack up and say goodbye to the family for a week and that's awesome. I have nothing but admiration for that and I have nothing but admiration for your family and your husband as well for being cool with that. Um, so I do – I have given a shout-out to the solo cruisers. You'll see an episode, a back episode. It's called Going Solo. Check it out. Um, I don't know what number it is offhand but it's just titled Going Solo. Uh, so I did cover that. Another thing I will say, you talk about talking to the staff. Now, I think it's awesome that you talk to the staff, and I probably think you make a genuine connection with them on a regular basis. Now, I want to also not burst any bubbles, but um, <laughs> the staff that you're talking to, there's more than meets the eye with that staff. And uh, check out a book called Cruise Confidential, I believe it is, and also check out my episode where it's uh, the under cruising underworld. Uh, those two things will give you a little bit of because I've done some research and I've known those people. Listen, you can't go out to sea. These people are not, and maybe maybe some of them are, but ninety percent of the crew. That smile. There's a lot of 
booze and sex behind that smile. They are having, they're working their ass off, and in many ways, it's absolutely miserable. But the cruise lines know that, and they completely look the other way when it comes to R and R. They're having these wacky times that would make spring break and anything that I've done in my my wacky drinking days look like a freaking um, a church retreat. But um, you know, of course. They're going to be very, very uh, engaging to you, and I think that's part of their job. I think that's cool that they kind of talk to you and stuff like that, and you talk to them, and you get engaged. I wouldn't feel bad for them so much, though, because like I said, you get a you get a feel for it. Check out the, uh, like I said, the book, uh, Cruising. Uh, I'm sorry, what is it? Cruise Confidential. Someone recommended it to me, and I think I'm going to get the author on the show eventually. And uh, check out my episode and the back episodes of uh, – the cruising underworld, but it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not even bursting any bubbles because you may find the people that the people that gravitate towards you and want to talk to you and kind of, yeah, you're probably right. They're probably the people that are being uh, faithful to their families and they are feeling very lonely and they're away for long periods of time. But just to let you know, you know, look into it a little bit more. Ask them that aside from asking them about their contract and things like that, ask them, ask them for some stories at the crew bar, ask them for the, some stories, uh, when they stop in, uh, when they stop in Cozumel and hit up senior frogs and, uh, you know, what's that place? Carlos and Charlie's and stuff like that. They'll have some out of control stories for you, especially the, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, young and attractive ones. But, um, Chiraz, I really, really appreciate the uh, email. And yes, when is Long, the Long Island Railroad not complete chaos? When is the MTA going to get their get their act together and start fixing the subway system and the Long Island Railroad? It is a complete night nightmare. There's um, there's something going wrong at any time, every single day. But um, again, thanks for the email, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, really, really excited for the cruise that is coming up on the Freedom of the Seas. I appreciate you listening. Uh, all the emails, if, uh, guys. I need emails. Please continue to send them. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We covered a lot on the show. I asked you guys some questions. We talked about some stuff. You may want to correct me and, uh, you know, talk about the PC stuff as well if you want to kind of open up that can of worms. I have no problem getting into that as well. Um, uh, Instagram, alwaysbebooked. Please join the lounge. Join the Facebook group, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. Check it out on Facebook. Uh, it's a small community, but growing. I like the participation in there. It's a lot of people contribute a lot of good stuff in there, and it's been a good resource for a lot of. It's definitely helped a lot of people, including myself, um, as well as if you get a chance, if you can go on iTunes, give us a little rate and review. That would be very, very helpful. And uh, that's about it. I'll stop badgering you right now. Uh, appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you next time. Boat drinks. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-nine tree. And the drinks are cold, and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads you, Jimmy See 
There's a perfectly good island somewhere Where I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat is from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat is from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes down With sunshine, ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that are playing